Hello again. Um, in order to make up for being uh, so deplorably late with our last episode, although if you've been listening to this podcast a while, deplorable lateness is probably something you've come to expect. Um, <laughs> we had a year we... at one stage, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was, that was pushing it. Um, but uh, we decided to record a brief bonus episode where you reflect on the, the trailer that's recently dropped, as the kids say, of uh, BBC America's adaptation of The Watch, which has aroused a lot of uh, comments and uh, controversy, to say the least, from, from Discworld fans. So I, uh, this was, you, you uh, suggested this, Steve, so I, I literally watch the trailer today um is this something yeah. i've seen like a lot of the comments swirling around it but but it's the mm. first time i've kind of seen the thing itself it, have you seen more of this or, or kind of not no i basically all i got from i saw a handful of comments but like i saw the tra- i watched the trailer like more or less when it dropped and i think i've watched it like twice since trying to pick apart the things i didn't like about it <laughs> um yeah, so just out the gate, I'm going like I remember when we first talked about this and you told me to look at some of the photos from the watch. Uh I was a little skeptical, but I also wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt and think, you know, they could be doing something different, maybe it's fine, whatever. Now that the ta- trailer has dropped, I can say with full confidence that I hate the direction they're going with this i really really strongly dislike what they're going for and um i actually didn't realize until the last time i watched the trailer that it was bbc america and in my head uh like almost out loud i was like oh well that makes sense anyway (laughs) it does smack very strongly of like america going says oh well let's well, let's give this some attitude, you know, let's make this appeal to everybody. And I'm like, oh, you're going to ruin it. But um, we'll go into that in a minute. Tell me, what did you think? It's going to be really weird now if you tell me you loved it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, see, see, you didn't like it because they're all punks. Uh, and I, I, I did, The only thing that would have worked even better for me is that they had made them all footballers. Uh, <laughs> about, I don't know when this will come out. We, we literally just finished talking about Unseen Academicals. Um, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, look, I'll say this. I... I didn't like if this was um, if I had no idea about like like of the source material of Discworld. And this is just a, a trailer I've seen. This probably wouldn't look like my cup of tea. It does feel a bit like contrived um, attitude and a, a lot more kind of like uh, styled and substance. It would seem, but I I do think it's it's very harsh to do something on a on a trailer, particularly trying to judge like the idea of substance on the trailer of like whether they will tackle these you know deep and interesting ideas and debates that that kind of uh that give the disc world its its core underneath this you know kind of like madcap humor that that runs along the, the surface and i i just i don't like in pop culture in general how knee jerkery we've got around i mean there's a whole cottage industry of media that's just locked into like if you're running a you know uh any sort of a say like a sci-fi fancy speculative fiction website publication of any sort you're kind of locked into this right like comic-con happens and even if you think well 
uh, like we shouldn't judge a book by its cover, wait till I see the thing. You just have to provide reaction pieces of all the various trailers that drop or like mad speculations on casting news before anything has happened, right? Like, and you know, history is replete with people end up with egg on their face over this. Think of like people who went mad when Heat Ledger was cast. I knew, Joker, I knew you were going to bring that yeah, one up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but even prior to that, you had like Michael Keaton was cast as Batman in the, uh, mm. the Tim Burton one, and he this was thought of as like a horrible, you know, miscast and um, so on. So, like, like there's. A lot of that, you know, even something like, right, if, if this was around today, like, and The Shining was coming out, and it emerged that Stephen King didn't like it, would we be getting, like, okay, like, Stanley Kubrick has more uh, cachet and reputation than anyone involved in The Watch, right? So, from that point of view, he has more, I suppose, credibility. We see, well, that looks a lot different than what I remember, remember from the book, but it is Kubrick, so... You know, we'll see. So obviously, there 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 might be that element of it, but I don't know. I just look. I I can't say that like it looks good. I, I can't kind of refute uh, like a, a lot of people's fears or whatever. But I just I would just say I'm not saying you should strap yourself in and watch this from start to finish before you're entitled to pass comment on it. But I don't know. It just irks me that people are, uh, you know, dismissing it over the trailer. If this were the opposite, right? If this was like say a trailer that we all loved as Discworld fans. We were like, this looks amazing. And then it emerged that like the head honchos in BBC America or whoever it might be are like, yeah, the trailer isn't really engaging with, you know, mainstream fans and we're going to cut the funding on this or we're only going to do one season. You know, we'd be up in arms that people were mm. judging it based on that. And yet we're, we're doing it from the other side, you know? Yeah, I suppose that's true. But still, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know what you mean, and like, I will say that, like, I, I have been wrong. I've made um, judgments on things before, but like, usually, um, when like you know, if something comes out, uh, like for example, if this comes out and people watch it and the reviews are bad, like. I might I'll probably watch an episode just to be 100% certain but like if it's as bad as I think it's going to be then I'll be like okay I feel happy enough I don't need to watch the entire thing because I'm pretty sure it'll just be a waste of my time um see I have I have an issue with it because it's just it seems like so it just seems so cynical what they're doing um like the essence of so many of the characters seems to just be slapped onto really broad stereotypes like uh vimes in particular i really really actively disliked because he's kind of played off as this kind of like gormless kind of an egypt character a little bit um like like i know i know a lot of this is taken out of context bit of, bit of a uh, jack sparrow off him isn't there there is a little bit yeah he's got like the the eyeshadow i think as well yeah and like, just his, his sort of his gait and his uh like his uh diction as well you know that that kind of uncertain almost like gulping yeah. way of talking or um it's just the, the other it's a slightly dis more distant comparison to uh, than the jack sparrow stuff it's like um like rick from rick and morty you know and, and it's oh kind of like, yeah yeah like really uncouth but in a sort of like inversely glamorous i don't give a fuck kind of way rather than just in a like mm. washed up miserable uh you know alcoholic kind of way in that he's yeah. presented in, in the in the books yeah, now, don't get me wrong, like, because this could go, like, in a different way. Like, I remember, I know a lot of people, for example, uh, this is one that I'm just picking out of the air, a lot of people really hate the US version of The Office, 
um, because like it's nothing like the UK one, and like that's like fairly harsh because like I've watched, I I enjoy both the UK and the US Office. They're very different shows, both of them completely different, but they're they're striving to be different. So um, well, after the first season, they're striving to be different. The US one at least, but um, and that's fine. Like there is a possibility this will be good, but it's it's kind of a similar problem that I had with like unseen academicals in that like I'm I'm just biased against this because it seems to be going so far against what the fans want, I think. Uh, at least I'm speaking as a fan myself. Like the characters are just doing like things that I feel like they would never ever do. Like the one that one thing that really irked me was um Vimes gives uh Veterinary the finger like when uh she's walking away and like more than far more so than gender swapping uh veterinary that annoyed me more than anything because that is something that vimes would never ever do in the books like ever and it's just kind of done in a really kind of casual blase way to kind of be like you're a loose cannon vimes and you're like oh, i'll do what i want you know it's that kind of yours is against the regulations vimes. <laughs> we well, do things vimes. here by the books billy's dead <laughs> Nobby's dead <laughs> but it's got that kind of attitude you know and i'm like oh we've yeah. seen this before well look like, it, it, i i i again I, i'm going to surprise all that I, I think there's a massive asterisk to attach to any judgments you get from like a minute long of course trailer. i sure. would say i see what you mean and that it does take the dynamic between veterinary and vimes and make it much less subtle like at that point in the trailer where he asks is this the kind of thing where you want me to do the exact opposite like yeah. that's a part of their relationship that sort of plays out on an unspoken level in the books where you have that say mm. that moment in men at arms where veterinary realizes he may have gone too far and that he's trying to go at Vimes into disobeying him, but he just mm. ends up pushing him over a cliff of despair and, you know, Vimes just gives up. And that kind of, like, subtle button pressing, I understand it's a little harder to depict on screen rather than in a book where we're getting, yeah, you know, the, yeah. their inner monologue, but it is, to me, more interesting than just this sort of openly, almost jovially adversarial um, relationship they seem to have based on the trailer where mm. he can give the finger... And she just kind of like, you know, shrugs it off as like, you know, kind of catches him and uh, like reprimands him. But it's not, you know, there's no edge to it. Again, it's just a trailer. This this could be this, this, uh, their uh, relationship could be a lot more interesting and nuanced on that. But based on that, I, I do see what you mean. And that it does suggest something a lot less interesting, but more flashy in, in, in their uh, yeah. interactions. Also, like, now, there is always... I, I've read about this since, that I know um, they're not basing the Watch series on any individual book. They're kind of, like, picking and mixing from a bunch of books, which I'm not adverse to. I'm like, that can work. Um, but unless they're planning on doing a little bit of soul music, I'm wondering why the hell is someone playing electric guitar, like, in the middle of this? <laughs> well, like, there's a battle of the bands in the middle of it, and I'm like, why? Why is cool. that there? <laughs> we need something with more coolness something like poochie but you know <laughs> less lame <laughs> we need it's something all... with more zork what zork i didn't say zork <laughs> See, we're cool we caught the simpsons guys we're down um, but uh, the, the one thing i would say about that is if you accept from the beginning that they're presenting this kind of more i suppose steampunky post-apocalyptic disc world then the entrance of rock music in it isn't hugely 
egregious, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Like, it might seem like a missed opportunity if, say, they were depicting it, it and sort of dancing around some of the, like, implications of rock music and soul music, the sort of spirit of rock and uh, self-destructive stuff without really committing to it. Um, because they don't want to do that plot, that would be frustrating. But I think mm. if you just want to add that into the world, well, fair enough. You know, like it's it could work. It it in the trailer reek of like we want to make these guys look as instantly like again like the drawing of Poochie, you know, with the in, in the with his surfboard and his sunglasses and his you know like <laughs> a, that whole kind of rap they have Homer give where it's like I'm the kung fu hippie from Gangster City. It's like this <laughs> mad hodgepodge of like just iconography of people think all this is cool just throw it all together and you know see what happens but again trailers in general as a medium just sort of lend themselves to that kind of incoherence that feeling of you Mm. that you're seeing you know more elements that can possibly work together or or be tied together Mm. and and maybe they will succeed in doing that i i do understand like what you mean that you do see that and instantly think oh like groan like feel like it's the most kind of ham-fisted attempt at making it seem cool like uh the thing is like each of these things by themselves individually i could kind of pass off it's just the fact that there's so many things that made me groan like consistently happening again and again i was just like why um another thing i hate i hate the relationship that carrot and angua seem to have like carrot seems like totally oblivious and like a really dumb character i'm like that you've got but that again, completely again, that's, wrong. It's fairly hard to tell from a, a one bit minute trailer, isn't it? Like I know it it is, but it's just that one bit. But like it's all like oh, there's some sexual tension here. Oh, fun! <laughs> it's uh it's terrible. But what was there was one, there was something that really annoyed me, as opposed to all the other things that didn't. But but you you've been more had more reservations than I have about the depiction of Karen Angus' relationship in a book like that kind of like dog like dom sub subservience she has to him at times that she's sort of aware of and realizes is problematic for her and kind of like you know imbalancing their relationship and impacting on how she thinks but that she ultimately embraces as what she wants like you've had more reservations about that than me I'm I'm kind of tickled by that but. So the dynamic here, where I understand it from what I've read, of he's the uh, fresh rookie and she's the one who's been around the wa- uh, around the block. Whereas obviously in the book she joins the watch. She's already a member at that point. That would seem to suggest something more conventional in terms of the the power dynamic in their relationship than what we get in the book. Would that not be more to to your tastes than than like uh, some of the stuff, some of the way it's depicted in in certain parts of the books? On paper, yes, absolutely, and I'd be very happy with that. It's it was just that it's the way it's depicted here with that whole like uh, we're just good friends thing. Like, is a relationship I've seen explored a million times before, and it's just I can already see the like again. I know I'm making assumptions here, but it's coupled with everything else, and like I can see this being a very broad strokes, very by the numbers kind of relationship, and. This is a really interesting relationship. Problematic, sure, but the problems also make it interesting. So, you know, that's kind of like an issue that I had there. Um, what was there was something? God, what was it? There was one thing in particular I really wanted to talk about, but it's just not well, coming I, to I me. I think now. one thing I, I don't know how prominent it was in the trailer, but I know one thing that that rankled with a lot of people was the uh, the casting of Lady Sybil. Um, who's obviously race lifted. She's played by, I can't remember her first name, something Rossi, a, a, a black actress. 
Uh, that that to I think that to me and that to most people from what I see is much less contentious than the fact that she is portrayed as like significantly younger and fitter. Yeah, and kind of more of I, I think just the initial uh, promotional material that they released is a um, uh, like kind of the picture as like like a vigilante. Um, one thing I will say amid all the reaction to this, and maybe I just haven't seen this, is I am kind of pleasantly surprised that the how few how little of the criticism has been directed around the kind of like gender blind or race blind casting or decisions to kind of you know like like that sort of those arguments are so tired and always are only one step away from leaning in you know well there i'm not saying to debate any particular casting that changes a male character into a female character or a white character into a black character to debate any of those is inherently bigoted or something but it just it's like whenever those debates come up they like almost inevitably end up spilling over into some pretty nasty stuff or at at very least a quite closed-minded view of life and maybe i've missed it maybe there is more of this than i've seen i've kind of been refreshed uh, by the fact that like while as i said i'm i'm a bit skeptical of all these complaints over a one minute trailer I, I, I like the fact that not all the complaints are like there's no way so and so could be black or so and so could be a woman but a lot of complaints have been about the fact that she is a young physically able yeah. woman who's this vigilante figure and again i'm putting the big proviso of who knows how she'll be depicted in the full thing i do think there is something more like that does feel like the kind of um i think i saw someone recently say on, on i saw it on twitter and i'm sure it's not a new uh assessment but we need to replace the idea of strong female characters with complex female characters like you know you don't to kind of to earn your your feminist brownie points or to give a female audience a character they can get their teeth into and relate to they don't just need to be kind of arnold schwarzenegger in a dress you know like they they can they can find strength in other areas and sybil Mm. as she's depicted in the books now uh, what problem i have in the books is that like we see a lot less of her in some of the watch books than i would like and in others she's quite prominent but when she is prominent that the strength she has is a much more different subtle emotional um kind of uh, strength on just like her being some you know badass ass kicker who goes around like using her swamp dragons as flamethrowers or whatever yeah i mean if anything like the uh the, the fifth elephant like is almost like it's almost 50 50 vimes and Sybil's story like how they like exhibit strength and how they work as like a couple which is probably why we loved it so much so yeah, I I didn't surprisingly like I haven't don't really have any issues with Sybil. I mean, of course, yeah, it is a little problematic that like she's a lot younger than Vimes now, and uh, like because he I don't know what age he's supposed to be in it, but he looks like he's in his like fifties at least, and she looks like she's like thirties maybe. So like that's that's problematic a little bit now. But I, I don't willing... know. I'm I'm always a bit if you like on the one hand I see the criticism and it's a very cliche thing like older man young woman then the kind of young attractive woman is you almost worry they're never being presented as a prize for this kind of mm. old man to earn to whatever show his virility uh, on the other hand I'm, I'm kind of I'm, I'm very skeptical and a bit like jaded by these arguments about like age gaps in pop culture that are like again stare into hysteria like where people are talking about like oh this is tantamount to grooming or like encouraging pedophilia if you're having these you know Mm. big age gaps i know plenty of couples in real life with significant age gaps who are like very happy and have very healthy relationships and i'm i'm really not adverse to seeing that on screen again i do realize that the most kind of 
cliched version of that is younger attractive woman with older less conventionally attractive man and i get that people would feel like okay that step in itself inherently makes the vibe civil relationship less interesting than like there's that wonderful bit at the end of guards guards where he's thinking about how she isn't actually all that conventionally attractive but she's the only ever mm. the only woman who ever uh kind of woman who ever liked him and then he realizes that's the only kind of woman he wants to like and wants to be with and i yeah. think that's lovely there they kind of acknowledge that so again to me the change to making her younger and more attractive is less interesting but i would just be wary of presenting it as problematic of like oh this young woman like she's still clearly presented as like for, again from what little we see in trailers as a capable competent adult like there's you know she could yeah. make decisions for herself and it, those decisions involve dating but in a very badass like kind of older way, than her <laughs> so be it like you know yeah i have i had a lot more issues with um uh, veterinary being gender swapped and not j- because just because oh she's a woman uh, now so I don't like that because that could be absolutely fine but it's the fact that she's gender or he's been gender swapped and uh, the relationship between veterinary and vines has changed possibly as a reflection of that is I find that a little bit problematic because in the books you can see this like kind of tentative sort of chummy but also quite like um you know tense relationship that they have but there's like respect there and here it's much more like uh vimes like oh fuck you you lose cannon vimes blah 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 you know it's much more antagonistic and the fact that like they're opposing genders now is like i find that a little bit problematic it i could be completely proven wrong on that but it it jarred me a little bit like when i saw uh, initially um you're one thing your I- case that narrates what <laughs> you mean <laughs> shut up um i remember now the thing that really annoyed me um but i had to boil up to be annoyed about this was uh, i hated the quote at the end it's like so on a secondhand set of dimensions well that's, uh, that's from the actual books isn't it that's the way i know color of magic right it's the very very first line in the first book and I feel like it has nothing to do with the watch books. <laughs> like, like I know it's like how we introduce the books, but I feel like someone in the executive is like, how will we keep the fans happy? Oh, let's have a reference from the books. Give me the first book, first page. Quote that. There we go. Fine. Done. Well, okay. <laughs> this is this is being very optimistic, right? But again, I, I'm, I'm doing it because all we're basing this on is like, sure. like a minute long trailer and some ancillary information that's come out. But like the secondhand set of dimensions line is a reference to the fact that this world is sort of this reflection of all these beliefs and conventions in real life so whether it's the kind of like fantasy stuff or whether it's um you know like how belief has power in this world and then we see these mm. kind of uh real world conventions play out like whether it's uh the conventions of of police procedurals and crime stories noir stories in in the uh the watch books right like when they're kind of referencing real things it's almost like he's saying within this world it's like they're tapping into the real world and and it's you know filtering through so maybe the sec like all this kind of seemingly on the nose efforts to be cool are a reference to the fact that this is going to be presented as this very postmodern uh thing where they're like they're sort of playing out archetypes of you know that are known to us from from real pop culture but it's their Mm. life if you follow me you know which is kind of what he began doing in this world and mm. sort of veered away from as the disc itself became a more lived in place, but never veers fully away from because he always keeps these obvious puns. And like we just announced in Academicals, uh, Juliet, like becoming the Jules Rimet trophy at the end mm. is like that kind of thing right there. 
mm-hmm. acting out these these things. So like maybe there'll be that sort of postmodern wink wink element to it, which will undercut the idea that a lot of what we're presented as the trailer that seems to be kind of ham fisted attempts at coolness is actually attempts at like deconstructing that coolness or those those attempts to be cool. Again, like that that could be very blindly optimistic, but I only say it because this goes back to my big uh quibble mm. with with the whole arguments around this it's like such a small thing on which to judge and condemn this this uh this show the, the, that the is thing... true i mean sorry go on go on because i'm about to divert down another yeah. path entirely, so. <laughs> um yeah just like i mean this is the thing i mean even in like a very cynical way let's say they are planning on going down this like very ham-fisted path just to make it very cool and like awesome and like oh wow skateboards um uh, but like if like because the reaction to the trailer has been pretty negative they could always do like the typical things is okay well let's change it and go down that route as well like it might not be their initial plan but they might go down this other route well i can't imagine they'd have a whole lot of time to do anything uh Uh, when is the release do you know when the release is i don't don't think it's a million miles away um Mm. but also i was thinking more with the the uh difficulties the the pandemic has put on um you know, filming things like you. I, I remember seeing someone towed up like that. It adds, uh, it's very start of January of uh, 2021, toward January 2021. Cool. Um, but, okay. you know, it adds whatever extra amount of cost to filming every day because you've got to have to safety measure by CIA. So I wouldn't have, unless they've like got a lot on the cutting room floor that they can decide to like reinsert their G ground, I don't think they will have changed much. So, like, like part of my. I suppose annoyance with people getting really angry about it, or um, I, I don't mean annoyance like like my lack of understanding. Like I, I I'm a big Discworld fan. I can't get why you know uh, people are like this. Is that like it's sort of our, our relationships to these adaptations in general, right? Like first of all, I'll give the proviso that I will say people like Rihanna Pratchett, Stephen Briggs. Rob Wilkins, like they are tied so closely to the memory of Terry Pratchett as a man they knew and as a kind of like writer they love and they feel they have to carry on his legacy that I understand that like their take on this is going to be so much more personal and involved, like, you know, their relationship on seeing his work being used for something they don't like than Mm. any, even the most devoted fan could have, right? Like, like, so when I say these things, I'm not like trying to criticize them, but I'm more for like, from the point of view of the fans to me, like the adaptations are a bonus, right? Like whether they're stuff like the the Corgi Hall animated stuff, the Sky um, miniseries, yeah, the I haven't played the games, but but you 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 like them, like it's like that stuff's cool, like when it works, you know. And if it doesn't, it doesn't, you know. Um, but it's not as if we're kind of sitting around like really, or at least I'm not, like you know, waiting and hoping and wishing for this to come to the screen for it to be validated in some way. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, we got like 40, was it 42 Discord books in total? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> album up to you right now, Peer on AC by Susanna Clark. Um, Susanna <laughs> Clark released Jonathan Strange and Mr. Narl in 2004, which is one of my all-time favorite books. I When mm. I first read it, I woke on Christmas morning and kept reading it. I didn't want anyone else to wake up because I didn't want to have to bother with Christmas. I wanted to finish this book. Um, right, like, adore it. Came out in 2004. She released a, a book of short stories around the same time. 
uh, she suffered has uh, suffered with her health and as such hasn't released another book until like literally a few months ago uh, not even a few months ago but a month ago when Piranesi came out um, so like I was I could not have been more excited for like to get another Susanna Clark book and uh, I, I love uh, love Piranesi as well like I finished it within about a, a day just gobbled it up and there was that feeling of like oh my god I didn't even think we were going to get another book like so she's this incredible writer who I and a lot of others really love. We've got like two books, two novels, and one short story collection on which to satiate our uh, our appetite for Clark's writing and the world she builds. Like Terry Pratchett fans, we're fucking spoiled by how like inhumanly prolific he was, right? Like, uh, and and I know when when you've read all the books, you all there's always that hunger for something new. Like, mm. uh, as much as the best of best of any kind of books any any kind of media you can revisit it and, and still get something out of it's never quite the same as like a new thing coming out but like for all that i i feel like like where were we all really sitting around thinking oh God, i just wish i wish there'd be a good adaptation of like disc world and i won't be happy until there is and what does that say about us if so is it like what like we weren't happy with the books on their own, so we wanted this thing, or we wanted the cool kids to watch it on telly and tell us like, uh, like 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 when, you know, like when uh, Game of Thrones came out and like Song of Ice and Fire had I had a very mm. dedicated fandom before that, like you know, we, we, like but you had a, it got this massive mainstream appeal, uh, like uh, as a consequence of the show coming out, where we sort of gagging for like. Oh, you know, I, I wish we were on that Game of Thrones, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings level where like every man on the street can tell you who Vimes is, you know? I think that's even something Pratchett himself had said, like that he sort of didn't want. He was kind of happy with like the level of popularity it had reached where you weren't buying Granny Wetterwax key rings and, you know, like uh, detritus t-shirts and like in every other shop. What, what, why do we want that? I don't think it's a case of like, you know, we're just sitting around waiting for it. But when you hear of like something being produced and like if you get the sense that like it might not be living up to its full potential, then like it just feels like such a missed opportunity. And like when it's especially when the mistakes seem so like basic and like formulaic and you're thinking like you you just you had a complete misunderstanding of like, like why is someone who has like such a misunderstanding of the source material handling something like this when like someone else like could, could have done a much better job presumably you know like and uh also uh you do get the sense that like if there is like a lot of like uh negative uh adaptations or whatever like attached to something that can like uh kind of extinguish like the the fires of passion you have for something like um kind of give you a weird like sort of off-topic example like the, the silent hill series is like a really good example because the first like four games in that series were incredible how so do you beat like your the... woman on the roundabout i got to that bit in the game and never got past it your woman you just... on the carousel oh oh so there's actually two ways to beat her you can either like just shoot her obviously um or there is a what was it um Oh, there's like a... Oh, yeah, there's this... Um, if you... <laughs> go on such a tangent here now. But in... <laughs> I don't know whether uh, I leave this in or not, but... <laughs> in, the, in the hospital of that game, you'll find a vial with like... Bro like a vial broken on the floor with some kind of substance floating around in it. And there's like a diary entry nearby that tells you that like there is a doctor working on this thing that can like 
you know, it has a kind of demon expulsion properties or something like that. So basically, you scoop that up in a bottle, fling it at her, and she basically gets depossessed. Okay, this grand. Is... For any listeners out there who are also stuck in that bit, <laughs> thank me later. Sorry, do go on. You were, you were just, you were making it. So the first four yeah. games. Yeah, so like, I was like a fervent, like, Silent Hill fan, and I loved it. I loved, like, saying, like, this is great. This is wonderful. Like, I, lo- I love this series. It's great. Every game since then, like, there's, I think there was one for, like, the Nintendo Wii that was like really like uh, it was very odd not many people liked it I personally loved it but like every other one other than that has been like really terrible and it's getting worse and worse and like passion and the, for the thing yeah, the big the, missed opportunity I do know with um, was it Del Silent Toro Hills and, and yeah. was it like Hideo Kojima H- well, Hideo or? Kojima the guy yeah. who made like Metal Gear Solid like yeah and like, there was a really famous uh, Japanese um uh, manga artist horror manga artist he was going to be involved as well I can't remember his name Quite the dream head. yeah but like all this like you, like you get so hyped up for something and then you're just like let down and like it's kind of hard to say that you're a fan anymore like when it's just like disappointment now I'm not saying this is the same thing with Terry Pratchett and it hasn't even come out yet so we don't even know if it is a disappointment well well, I was about to say I, I mean I would make the big distinguishing error and I, I, I sort of see what you mean but I would think like for wonders, the odd comparison with like like video games are a, big, uh, a medium that doesn't lend itself to like auteur based readings, right? Like there's so True. many people mm-hmm. involved in making them, and then they can often pass like within a studio from different hands to another. Like you have the odd person like Kojima that you know his name is known to, if not the wider public, done like most casual video game players are aware. But for the most part, like you you can people play games completely unaware of of who made them in a way that they don't when they're reading books or even watching films and, you know, uh, just directing them and starring in them and so on. So that, I suppose, like like your attachment to a particular game series is then inherently largely built around, like, just this very wide fluid thing of, of the game itself and, and, you know, it can be whoever is making it. Whereas your attachment to the books, it's built around this perception you have of, of the author. So hmm. to me, like someone adapting that author's work doesn't impact on it in the same way in like getting a bad game that like like how would you like the, the disappointed games are still like officially in the series you're still coming at them with the same expectations you would come to the earlier ones that you enjoyed uh, perhaps diminished expectations because you've been burnt so many times whereas you're not coming to a film or a television adaptation of a book you love with those same expectations because you know it's it's something else like it's someone other people involved it's this you know um addendum to the to to the whole canon as it were mm. done an, a new entry in that canon like like i don't think anyone's love will be lost of terry pratchett because you know he's he's dead and he had nothing to do with this so like you're not going to kind of be cooled on his work but like in this case it's not so much a case of like whether or not the work would be good it's just that like it's so detached from what the original work was you know so like uh like even if it is like good in its own thing it's like which i I actually doubt that now but um you know it's just it's so blasé and ham-fisted in the way it seems now so it's like oh we're looking for a cash grab and it just seems like really disrespectful. But but again look at look at The Shining right like look at look at Willy Wonka um or or even like The Witches like Roald Dahl didn't I don't think he liked any of the adaptations of his books in during his, his lifetime and most of them are kind of beloved uh, family films now. Um, again The Shining I think Stephen King's 
dislike for The Shining is a little exaggerated. I don't think like like people get the impression that he yeah. hates it or something. I I think he just sort of feels uh, Kubrick's missed the point, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's it's still uh, again like it's still something people really like. And look, all, all, all I'm arguing here is to kind of suspend judgment until either you've seen an episode or two, or enough people that you trust have seen it. Where like whatever if. You, everyone's time is limited if you don't want to commit time to something you don't think you like you're by no means obliged to i mean i hate that argument in general where you say you know you don't like like oh i i tried to read that book or i didn't like it i tried to play that game and i gave up after whatever and you have fans of it saying well you can't like understand until you complete the game or like watch the whole like three series and it's like well if i don't like it why would i bother doing that you know um so i'm not arguing for that like saying oh you have to watch all of this for you but i'm just saying it has to be out there in some form where someone has seen it and can judge it on its merits and that's what that's we're fair. being yeah, basing yeah. it on rather than the you know impressions of, of the trailer because the idea of it being so different from what what we perceive i suppose as pratchett's vision we can't really argue that it, it ultimately is with 100 percent certainty because you know he, he's not here anymore and what we got from our reading of this world, like that's fair to say it doesn't match up to that. But I'm saying it's not inherently a bad thing that it's not going to match up to that. There are plenty out of, of adaptations of all sorts of things that go very different tonally or thematically and still, you know, succeed in 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 a, their own right. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and I'm 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 not I'm not. This is the thing. Like, I am willing for when it actually does come out. I'm going to watch. Like, even if the reviews say exactly what I'm expecting them to and they say like oh it's terrible or whatever I'm still going to watch an episode or two just to get my formulate my own opinions on that and I'm not judging like the series on the basis of the trailer I'm just saying I'm basing I'm just judging the trailer like as a trailer yeah yeah no no that's fair like it's it's fair yeah. for you to kind of form a certain level of enthusiasm or lack of enthusiasm mm. for this based on that yeah and um, i'm completely okay with being turned around on that 100 percent. and in fact i'd like to be like i'd like to be wrong i just suspect i won't be yeah it's, it's, and that's, that's just an expectation I, from the trailer yeah I, I just sort of feel like a lot of the kind of criticism has been overblown and this sense of you know betrayal and again like when it's the likes of rihanna pratchett and stephen briggs saying it i do have the prize of like well like they were involved in the early making of this and these feelings of like betrayal aren't solely based around like like are probably based around feelings of whatever the working relationship was that fell apart that led to it you know so uh, but but I, I kind of feel like too many of the, the fans have piggybacked on that and it's like right i think say like in this day and age particularly where we've had what like four different spider-men in this century right we're getting yeah. like we had a, a like an incredible Oscar-winning, commercially and critically successful version of the seemingly unfilmable Lord of the Rings trilogy that we are now just about a a decade, you know, shy of two decades later, getting another version of, right? We're getting another version of his Dark Materials after um, the the initial uh, film version uh, flopped. I I sort of feel like, like, what's the harm for Discworld as a property in the abstract, in the macro, if, if this adaptation comes out of flops, you know? It's not like this is the only chance we're ever going to have to see the the disc adapted or to see the watch on screen. Someone else will probably give it a go. I can understand if you were a Dune fan in the 80s when David Lynch's <laughs> film comes out. I, I kind of like that film, but it is a, it is a hot yeah. mess. But um, <laughs> I, And you sort of felt like, oh, well, that's it. Like, that was our that was our chance to kind of get it adapted and you know they've thrown all this money at it and that's failed so you know it'll never be adapted again 
and you might have feelings of like of bitterness or, or regret over that but like now it's like you know not only have we already had a lot of other disc world adaptations that, that we mentioned there'll probably be a lot more because mm. whatever the, the lack of originality or preponderance towards adaptations and, and remakes and um the sequels and so on in, in uh, pop culture and particularly the film and television industry more widely is a bigger topic than we have time to debate right now but it's certainly something anyone can see who casts their eyes around netflix back back catalog or like the list of you know most successful films over the past few years that like uh, the people who make these decisions for what gets commissioned what gets funding they're gagging for something with an inbuilt audience terry pratchett is one of the most successful fancy authors one of the most successful authors period of all time so inevitably like this kind of flops harder than water worlds like there's still people be you know a couple of years down the line that someone else will come at them with a pitch of like hey i can do this world yeah like yeah exactly we can tap Mm. into this massive fan base that's there and it'll happen so i don't see i don't know that's what i left me i suppose perplexed was just the kind of feelings of like rage like i get that like lack of enthusiasm of like oh God, they've got it wrong. This doesn't really look like my cup of tea or what this world should be, what I think it should be. But I just don't get that like very visceral feeling that I'm detecting in a lot of the, you know, discussions about this on social media, where it's like, I ever just let it out there. If it works, it works. If it does, it doesn't. It doesn't. You know. Yeah, that's a fair point. Fair point. I still think it looks shit though. hey i could be eating those words like in a couple of months but we'll see we'll see okay well i guess yeah um, well we will leave it at that this has been a a, a fun little diversion now i'll try and get this one out um early enough i suppose because uh certainly before because time will make it uh make a fool of this this recording eventually when the show actually comes out and all our discussion mm. of it before the point is moot other than yeah. as a historical artifact so well, yeah yeah uh, i don't know why i'm saying i'll get it out soon the, the people will hear this when it's out so <laughs> <laughs> or will they <laughs> i'm saying this purely to convince myself and you this is worthwhile and so on but yeah i was saying now enough fun little fun little um side discussion anyway and uh yeah uh so we'll we'll see you see you next time take care everyone take her easy bye bye